Welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And Midge, do you remember the first queer thing that you like sought out? Like even maybe before you knew that you were queer? Oh, that I sought out? Yeah, just like like a piece of media or anything like that. The, is there something that you think of? <laughs> I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be like yeah no shit jennifer's body <laughs> <laughs> yep there you go there you go yeah uh so we are going to talk about the piece that occupies that space for me today uh, i don't know this i'm excited it is the rocky horror picture show oh of course <laughs> you know what's so funny is i was so sheltered as a kid that the mm -hmm. first time i watched that i didn't even think of it as being like gay yeah <laughs> i was like well this is just a hoot holler in good time oh so wild <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so I don't remember what first spurred me to do this. Like, I assume I saw a reference to it in a book, probably, mm -hmm. that I read. But I went and I checked out the Rocky Horror Picture Show from my local library. And I set myself <laughs> up in the family room by myself <laughs> and watched it and was just whisked away to this, you know, bizarre world. Um and even though i would not say that watching it alone at your house um is like the ideal rocky the, horror the prime experience, experience. <laughs> um it just i just remember like just being like fascinated by it and like not really understanding why and just yeah being, like, i would yeah oh. i would definitely second that <laughs> i i watched it for the first time at a cast party nice um in high school my freshman year of high school mm -hmm. and i remember just being like what is this right <laughs> yes um and so when i got to college um one of the first things that i that i saw my freshman year was that they were casting a shadow cast um for oh rocky horror on campus Fine. and i just i cannot i feel like today this makes a lot of sense but i just can't tell the, our listeners how like out of character this was <laughs> for That's, like i'm like are you about baby to tell me Penny? you were in a shadow cast um horror. yeah i went out for the shadow cast and i played riffraff in a rocky <laughs> horror shadow cast my freshman year my that's my the most bisexual thing i've ever and, yep yep um my it was and it just it was so weird and like at that time i didn't i was like so i we, we don't have to get too deep into this but i spent a yeah, lot of my college experience being like convincing myself that i wasn't queer and that i sure. just really wanted to be for like i was of course like i people have probably seen this day where i'm like well i i just like i just feel really at home in that community i just love and, the culture and i'm just like and, and i was like i like felt bad about it like i was like i'm trying to like appropriate queer culture yeah well and and i think a lot of very specifically i mean not that it's unique to our experience but bisexual people i think mm -hmm. inherently experience that because our piece of the lgbtq community is so invalidated even by yeah. our own community so frequently mm -hmm. um that we feel like we don't belong in straight spaces but we don't belong in queer spaces either so yes. i think that's super super valid but yeah it was it was a wild experience for me i i loved it i was super into it i just remember like 
hanging out with like all of the other like people in the cast who like mostly like more upper classmen and a mix of stuff and i was just like these people are so cool this is the coolest thing the first time you were like fully enmeshed with other queer people Mm, yeah Yeah, that's so special and also if there are photos of you as riffraff i'm gonna need to see them immediately after we're done recording yeah i I will try and find it i know there there is there is at least one photo i think it's on facebook so i will have to try and find it and if i can find it i will share it that was my one of my first um weird like when i describe my taste in men to people bailey if you're listening you're about to crack up because i had this discussion with her um where like I have two types of men that I'm interested in. And one of them is just like, looks like a haunted Victorian butler. <laughs> yes. And the first time I saw Riff Raff, I was like, I'm in trouble. Ooh. <laughs> I am intrigued. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's my, so that is my personal connection to Rocky Horror. So it has a very special place in my heart. Um, but let's, let's jump in. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Uh, so we usually do like a little bit of plot summary on these episodes where we talk about like movies. Um, I would say the plot is very secondary to the I was Rocky say, what plot? Yeah. Um, experience. Um, but <laughs> just as a, a general overview, if anyone is unfamiliar, um, the movie is about a prim and proper 1950s type couple, Brad and Janet, uh, whose car breaks down on a stormy night. Uh, they try to take shelter at a nearby castle which turns out to just be filled with uh, horny gay gender fuckery and shenanigans ensue, um, is what I would say about Rocky Horror. <laughs> Are we allowed to title episodes horny gay gender fuckery? <laughs> Will Todd Bean allow that? Uh, well, we'd have to censor at least one of those, potentially two, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so this movie um, came out in 1975. And I will um, just put put it out there. Uh, it uses terms that we don't use today, mm-hmm. um, but there's definitely a reason. You know, it's unapologetic queerness speaks to people across time. Um, and if if any of those terms come up, we're just speaking in reference to the film. Um, there you go. Uh, but we'll rewind a little bit further to 1973. Um, so the Rocky Horror Show no picture uh was created by richard o'brien uh, who does play riffraff in the film mm. um, and director jim Sharman. Uh, they met uh when richard was playing king herod in a production of jesus christ superstar uh, that Sharman was directing in london which is very yes. cool i think uh um so the show debuted in london in august of 1973 um it came to theaters in la and new york city in 1974 um, and then did eventually play Broadway in 1975. And I know we love um, original unused names around here. <laughs> Do you know what the play was originally called, Midge? Oh, um, I don't. Does it have something to do with like science fiction double feature? No, but it does. <laughs> no. It does. Um, it has the science fiction vibe. Um, so it was originally called They Came From Denton High. And apparently they changed it like right before the show went into previews. And I understand why, but I do really love like the original title very clearly highlights that the inspiration um, behind the show is like horror B movies, old sci-fi schlock. Um, And I feel like the more that I get into like horror and specifically vintage horror, I get like even more out of (laughs) 
<laughs> this movie. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I saw this when I was younger and just did not have a lot of that context for a lot of like what these films are. So there are a lot of references that I definitely did not get <laughs> when right. I was first seeing this. Yeah. It's and it well, and even just the um <laughs> the absence of plot really yes. in it is such a, a throwback to like B films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I think it, it makes it a lot more fun when you have context. Yes. And as as you just obliquely referenced, uh, the opening number, science fiction, calls out a ton of those classic movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so dropping in a fun fact um, for anyone who doesn't know that uh, those famous lips are Patricia Quinn, uh, who plays Magenta. And she actually sang the song in the stage show um, and was apparently really pissed that they took it away um, for the movie um, in the film, uh, the opening kind of credits scene, it is sung by Richard O'Brien. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, I would, I would be mad too because it's a good song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, you're gonna use my mouth, but not my voice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So I love um, Rocky Horror. Very deeply calls back to what uh, you and I have already discussed on this podcast. Is a very campy, queer coded genre and just really kind of takes any of that subtext and makes it very textual Bring, brings it right out front yeah <laughs> right out to the front um and it is kind of funny to me that it did start as a stage show since it just seems like it's a movie it's kind of a movie send-up so it makes sense that it would be a movie um right. but apparently i was not the only one who thought so um uh, because they started filming the movie in october of 1974 so it moved very quickly um from the screen from the stage to the screen yes um so the movie was filmed at oakley court uh which was a country house that was built in 1859 and uh speaking of references that i did not know at the time um obviously you can tell that it's like a scary house um Mm -hmm. based on the things that midge told us about in her haunted house architecture episode (laughs) um but this house was actually the home of hammer films the production oh, studio gosh. and it was the set of several early hammer films i've never known that that's yep. so cool yep so it has a very deep um kind of schlock horror connection uh today it is a luxury hotel um with i i will say from their website a very unrocky horror vibe um, but still very cool a beautiful home so congrats to them uh because when they were filming there it was super gross and falling apart um apparently they didn't have working heat or bathrooms there oh god and they were filming this in october through december and like oh, i know it's not as cold in the uk but it's that's still that's still pretty cold to not have well, and like... the uk is just like damp too mm-hmm. which i feel like makes everything feel worse <laughs> yes very true um most of the cast came over from the original stage production uh but the studio was like you know what is gonna make people in america want to see this if there are some americans in this movie (laughs) so they they were they were forced to cast um americans as brad and janet uh so barry bostwick and susan sarandon joined the cast at that time and don't forget meatloaf <laughs> yes and of course meatloaf <laughs> that's um, what's really gonna get americans to want to see people it. love the meatloaf 
Um, apparently Susan Sarandon got pneumonia um, while she was filming this and was super sick. And just once again, like the quotes that I saw about this were people being like, she had a fever and was shaking, but look at how she went on. She was a great actor. And I'm like, can we just not like abuse people on movie sets? Yeah, can we not like, normalize people almost dying for media? Right? Like just let, let the woman rest. Don't put her in a swimming pool when she has pneumonia. Um, no? No, no, hmm. I don't approve. <laughs> uh, so the movie came out in London um, in August of 1975. Um, it premiered in LA in September, and it then proceeded to like flop in like eight other cities and just generally like not be popular. Like <laughs> it, the, the the stage show had been fairly popular in um, definitely in London and LA. It flopped on Broadway, um, but people were like, oh, I don't know about this. And I guess, so this is something that I actually never knew and was kind of like mind blown by when I was looking at this. So the original movie poster is like Frankenfurter in his sexy best. Mm -hmm. um, and when they, so they re-released um, the like poster that has the lips on it. And that was actually released as a Jaws parody poster. Uh <laughs> which like, i i never knew so the the like original poster like this is like what you see generally is like the cover of like a dvd or whatever right it was you know the lips and then underneath it said a different set of jaws that's hilarious isn't that amazing <laughs> like i love that and i was like i did not ever know that so no. there's a, a new fun maybe maybe everyone else knew that and they'll be like uh what a fake fan but <laughs> uh, there you go um, so obviously we all know that Rocky Horror really came into its own with like a cult following um, that we got to the midnight showings and like audience interaction version that we know today. Do you know how, do you want to guess how long it took for that to happen? Oh, I'm going to guess like 10 years. Um, it took like, like two seconds. Um, oh. so this, this was also shocking to me. I was like, oh, well, surely like, you know, this kind of went under, didn't do well. And like people brought it back. Um, so midnight movies were already a thing at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, there were popular showings of John Waters, Pink Flamingos Hell and yeah. Reefer Madness, which which a uh, fun fact about my first experience with rocky horror i watched those two films in the same night for the first hey, time there it you was go. a wild ride into depravity you and... were man girl you went straight for it you went really all did. the way in <laughs> i was i was sitting on like a a little straight bus and then i just got thrown into the queer street <laughs> incredible but yeah so a 20th century fox exec was like hey uh maybe we could make money showing this movie at midnight um it premiered at a midnight showing in new york on april fool's day of 1976 so fun. it came out in the u.s in september 75 and in april 76 is when it first started showing midnight wow um so according I guess they were like hey this almost flopped what can we do to save this right which like i feel like people Smart. just do not do in general like usually when your movie's flopping you're like oh well i guess that's that yeah so on to the next heads off to that guy um so according to the book midnight movies um it was only five months into that screening that regular audience members started like talking back to the screen and, and the toast. rest is history 
so people dressed up um, for the Halloween screening that they had. Um, the first shadow cast was in New York City as well. Actually, I'm sorry, I should have explained that in the beginning um, for people who aren't familiar. Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot of Rocky Horror, a big part of a lot of these like midnight Rocky Horror showings to this day um, is referred to as a shadow cast, which is a bunch of people who are like mimicking, silently mimicking the movie in front of the screen <laughs> as it is playing. So you are just kind of like a live version of the movie that is happening simultaneously with the movie. Yes. If anyone didn't know. Um, but yeah, by 1978, the movie was at over 50 locations, um, playing mostly Friday, Saturday, midnights. Um, and then in 1979, it was in 230 cities. Um, it is the longest continuously running movie of all time uh, because it was never actually removed from theaters for, since 1975. Wow. Um, and there are still regular showings with dress up and shadow cast to this day. Thanks, um, Alamo Draft House. There you go. Um, have you have you go to have you gone to live shows of this man? I have actually never been to a live show, oh, and I've always man. wanted to. Um, and our our Alamo Draft House used to do them a lot, and it closed down, so we don't have. I don't know where there are Shadowcast showings here now. Mm -hmm. um, I know we have one group that like does it at halloween every year yeah um, but i've i've i don't know of other places that i can go experience this <laughs> well, we'll have to come up to milwaukee mitch oh no i hate milwaukee <laughs> we don't have any fun when i go there no never <laughs> yes um i i think we still i think there's still we still do monthly midnight showings in milwaukee oh, that surprises um, me none percent no milwaukee <laughs> just likes to be outlandish and i love them for it <laughs> yes um fun fun side fact uh trixie mattel was part of the milwaukee shadow cast in oh in her early days um before before fame uh, the milwaukee shadow cast is called sensual daydreams shout out to them <laughs> they're very good was she in drag was she janet i think i think she played rocky oh amazing so amazing. yeah pretty cool um so as you can tell by everything about it uh rocky horror was very popular <laughs> with weirdos from the beginning um it you know has messages of sexual liberation and gender experimentation uh, that have made it popular in the queer community uh, so when you look at this movie you can definitely see a lot of glam rock kind of illusions yeah. and that was also um kind of a major inspiration for richard o'brien who actually has said that like he didn't intend for it to be like just like so much about like transness and it's kind of like oh yeah that kind of came out and um he uh does today identify as trans um specifically as third gender um but did not at the time of this and was kind of like you know when you look back at something you made and you're like ooh, you're like wow that really came out <laughs> ah, there didn't it <laughs> i see there there that was <laughs> there there it was um i didn't so... mean for this to be explicitly trans right. lead character is a trans femme person. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so something else that was very cool that I learned doing this is that the makeup designs um, for the characters were created by Pierre LaRoche, um, who is kind oh. of a forgotten hero of the glam rock scene. Um, he worked with David Bowie on creating mm -hmm. the Ziggy Stardust persona, and he is the yeah. one who did the iconic lightning bolt makeup for Aladdin Sane. Um, and after that, worked with Mick Jagger and a bunch of other, you know, rockers of the 70s. So 
very cool person. Um, and Sue Blaine was the costume designer for the stage show as well as the movie. Um, some of the costumes carried directly over. And <laughs> I, she said in interviews that she just didn't know anything about sci-fi and just didn't do any research, which like... <laughs> cool it, it turned out to be a sleigh so i can't blame her for apologetic queen <laughs> yep um and people do give credit um to rocky horror for popularizing some of what would become you know punk fashion the ripped fishnets and things like that so very much a a movie with an iconic look i would say oh, yeah um, that definitely like is instantly recognizable when you see people kind of dressing up in that vein um so rocky horror's lasting pop cultural impacts um it's been referenced in shows from the simpsons to the drew carey show american <laughs> dad um it is in so i don't know i haven't seen it so i don't know but apparently it's in halloween too hmm i guess i assume there's a screening or someone mentions rocky horror um there is, of course, the infamous Glee version of Rocky Horror uh, from 2010. Um, and then there was also a live TV musical version in 2016, uh, which had Laverne Cox in the role of Frankenfurter. Um, there have been just a bunch of different tours and productions of the stage show. I will say notably, um, the 2000 Broadway revival um, features a lot of people that Broadway girlies uh, will appreciate, including Raul Esparza as Riff Raff and Leah Delaria um, as Eddie slash Dr. Scott. Um, definitely had that cast album on my iPod back in the day. <laughs> um, I'm pretty loyal to the original version, um, but I do like that the Broadway revival um, cast recording is very good. Also, Penny, I'm disappointed in you for not saying, Dr. Scott! <laughs> That's the way you have to say it. <laughs> Bullwinkle. Ugh. I cannot even, I can't watch this movie without, like, all of the different callbacks in my head now after having, well, sure. done, like, you know, been in a shadow cast. So we, like, were sitting there and, like, they would, like, they would have, like, group settings where you just got together to watch the movie and, like, practice yelling things. <laughs> so how many like were you doing this weekly no um so it was like we it was just um a halloween show um so oh, okay okay yeah so we like prepped all through fall semester um and then it was like a halloween season event so we I did gotcha. a, a screening um at at good old bullock college nice okay yes um so i know we we kind of alluded to the queerness of frankenstein in our last episode um but i just Boy, that's gonna play really well into next week's episode <laughs> mm, um and you really see just like the concept of how gay the idea of making an ideal man is mm -hmm. in this movie uh which i love um definitely parodies a lot of those kind of 1950s romance and sexuality views where you've got you know brad and janet and of course eddie um representing the 1950s and kind of this conservative vibe and how how good it is to release yourself from that um and explore your bi pan multi anything gender nonsense um <laughs> And I still very Your much they them mayhem. Yes, they them mayhem. <laughs> Love it. Um, and I will say that I wanted to watch this last night while I was prepping this episode, and I think it's extremely homophobic that no one has it streaming for free right now. In none, of, none of my 
in Pride Month, none of my none of my streaming services have Rocky Horror. I have to rent it from somewhere. Which See, this is, is why ridiculous. I, I keep that thing on me. I have a DVD copy. Uh, I'm <laughs> I don't have a DVD player. I might have it on DVD somewhere, but I don't actually have a DVD player right now. <laughs> so yeah. well, I made I made Taylor hold on to our Xbox just for that. Oh, uh, yep, yep, that's yeah. smart. Yeah, I yeah. need to get that. We're both PC gamers now, but I gotta watch my Rocky Horror DVD somehow. <laughs> yes, uh, you gotta have it, and it's just—it's just—I don't know. It brings me so much joy, even when I'm alone now watching it, because I just think of all of those good times. Um, I did—I did once go on a date to see a Rocky Horror Amazing. Midnight Screening, uh, which was the first one that I'd ever been to. So that was in Milwaukee. And that was the first one I'd been to with um, throwing things. Um, we were not allowed to throw things at college. Uh, <laughs> so they did not let us have bread and rice and everything. So that was my first time getting to like, and I bought, you know, a bag in line from someone who was selling little, little prop bags. Oh, so fun. also an extremely good um, scenario. Hilariously, someone took my mom on a first date to see Rocky Horror, and she is not a Rocky Horror type. So that is like eternal family lore. This guy was just like, "Ooh, you know who would like this, Mama Snark?" And it's like, "No, no, I don't think Snark family lore." So I, like I said, I've never been to a live show. So when do you throw the toast? Oh, um, when they say a toast on screen oh, um, sure, and then sure, everyone sure, sure. throws uh, toast at it and you throw rice during the wedding scene and there's generally, I think there's like party poppers and stuff. So there's I all just, sorts uh, of things going on there. Our friend Bailey Cromwellwich on Instagram, she works for like a entertainment venue mm. that did this, uh, did a live production and I just knew she was making like thousands of pieces of toast yes incredible she would, she would post instagram stories of her <laughs> just in like toast purgatory more having all the bread for the the performances <laughs> so that's that's now like my most recent brain association with rocky horror is just seeing bailey endlessly really making endless toast. amounts of toast yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love that yeah <laughs> Uh, this is just it's just a movie that has a very soft place in my heart i think i think about it when i think about kind of like experiencing queerness for the first yeah. time and kind of having having a space to experiment with that and i i remember being very dis being like both happy and disappointed that like because i was riffraff i wasn't wearing anything like super like slutty and exciting on stage like sure i remember the other girls like buying like the panties and stuff that they were gonna wear and i was like at once way too shy to do that and was just like thank god i'm just wearing this big black shirt and <laughs> secondarily being like oh man i want to, i want to do that i want to push the envelope <laughs> and did you at least get to wear his little like silver get up in the in the pool scene no sadly <sighs> i did i think i had a i could have had like a slutty alfalfa like a moment over <laughs> i think i had put something over the top and also completely randomly um the shirt that i wore was a shirt that someone had one of my friends had gotten in her laundry that was not hers 
So she was just like, she was like, I got a gift from the washing machine. And it was like this oversized kind of like black poet shirt sort of vibe. And I was like, well, can I borrow that to be riffraff? Boy, have I got the opportunity of a lifetime for this random shirt. This shirt's going to be a star. oh good times well i would love it if any of our listeners wanted to share any of their rocky horror memories um if they've been to live showings if they've just watched it at home and enjoyed the wackiness um please do tell me i would love to hear about it and if you have not seen it um either at home or live i highly recommend um checking out either of those options it is just a a good old queer time and even i wish i could tell you to watch it on x insert streaming service here um but sadly it is available for rent for pretty much anywhere or of come course, to midge's house yeah. and watch it on go, DVD. go to midge's house ask midge to put on her dvd and we'll all watch watch rocky horror or if you uh if you were listening to this and you're from my area and you know where they do a live showing let me know if you want to yes. take me on a if you want to take me on a rocky horror date unlike mama snark i will enjoy it yes <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely up midges alley <laughs> all right uh well that was our show for this week another pride month show on the books uh-huh. uh so if you enjoyed this show we would love it so much if you wouldn't mind taking the time to leave a rating or review on your podcast app of choice. Uh, We are a a baby podcast and it really helps us out uh, to get reviews um, that help people know that they should check us out too. And I do believe we have a review to share today. We sure do. And this one is from Eleanor Jane titled hands down my favorite podcast which is so nice Mm. it's like so weird to hear someone say that (laughs) like i know that that's what the reviews mean (laughs) that you guys like it but it's like wow we're someone's favorite podcast that's so cool uh anyway this is a five-star review that says thank the gods for midge and penny every week their carefully researched and crafted show fills the airwaves with history oddities and lots of creepy miscellanea it's like a humanities lesson without the homework. <laughs> if you have a wonder, oh, I can't read today. If you have a wonder for the mysterious and obscure, then Ghoul's Night Inn is the podcast for you. Thank you, Ghouls. You do it so very well. Thanks, Eleanor. Aww, thank you, Eleanor. We appreciate that. All right. Uh, if you want to stick around and see what we're up to and potentially see a picture of me as Riff Raff, if I can find Hopefully. it, uh, <laughs> you can follow us at Ghoul's Night in Pod on Instagram. And you can find me at Penny Snark on Instagram and also other places. <laughs> and you can find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And until next time. Good. good.